0: and welcome to the uh, Hanukkah Yomiyun. The Hanukkah Yomiyun is uh, sponsored, dedicated in memory of Mr. Stephen Margolin, Shalom Ben Avram. Uh, The uh, family wishes to share the following, that Stephen Margolin was born in Chicago in 1935, uh, and he remained there his whole life. He worked as a corporate lawyer for over 50 years. He loved spending time outdoors, whether biking or walking, collected books and artwork about nature. On our many walks together, he would often talk about the importance of unity among the Jewish people. He donated generously to Jewish institutions, with a particular emphasis on those that build Jewish identity among college students and young adults. We dedicate this Hanukkah yun in his memory on what would have been his 87th birthday. Yehizichra Baruch. Okay. So the Hanukkah Yomiyun is officially kicked off. Um, It is... uh, it is a zchus to be able to uh, to, uh, to to lead off the yom yun this morning, um, and the yom yun is a very special thing. Just uh, just want to put it out there that not not every yeshiva has a yom yun for Hanukkah. Um, and the, and uh, the reason why it's very important to have a yom yun is because well, how, do, do we know what yom yun means? That is the question. What is the yom yun? Translation. It's a yom of Yom. Tomorrow will be a yom b'kius. No, no. <laughs> a, 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 day, a, a day of introspection and looking deeper into what we're doing. Okay, because there are. Um, let's see. Last night, this is my, my, my son is over here. We were uh, walking, uh, driving through uh, through the streets last night of the neighborhood where we live. Beautiful neighborhood called uh, Rechavi and Shari Chesed. Shari Chesed is like an old, like still uh, has a old Yerushalmi feeling to it. Um, and, uh, and people still light, light outdoors outside their Chatz outside their courtyards. And it's very beautiful. And there are whole groups of people that come from all over Israel to go through Si Urim. They take They take uh, walking tours through Yerushalayim at night in the old neighborhoods where people still light these ancient uh, Hanukkah candles at their doorstep on, uh, on Hanukkah, and there were whole, just whole swarms of people coming and walking through the streets watching people light their Hanukkah candles. And I pointed out to my son, we are so fortunate that we get to light them. We don't have to be on the walking tour watching other people light the candles. We, we get to light the candles. And, 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 and also, there, there are people who just light candles, and they don't really know why they're lighting them. And there are people who just light candles... And, 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 and they're very religious people. And they also don't understand why they're lighting them and much about the holiday. They, you know, um, there are people out there, uh, you know, I hate to label different types of Jews, but um, there is one group out there, we'll call them M.O. They're very mo- motion-oriented. Motion-oriented. They just go through the motions. And they don't bother... Thinking about what they're doing and why they're doing it, and it could be across the religious spectrum. mamish across the religious spectrum. I, you know, I teach some uh, students at you know different parts of the day. And recently, we had a we were learning about Hanukkah, and I asked them, these are these are um, they've been through schooling for twelve years of Jewish schooling, and I asked them what happened first, Hanukkah or Purim, and every single one of the ten guys in the Shir said Hanukkah. Amazing. I said, we were learning in the Kitsar, Shulchan Aruch. it says that the Hanukkah story happened, the Hashmonaim were able to create a kingship, a kingdom for the, for 200 years before the korban of the second base of Mikdash. So I asked him, so what year did Hanukkah take place? I don't know. Okay, well, let's let's at least do math. It's 200 years before the Khurban Habayis of the second Beit What year was that? Oh, we, you know that. You, I know you know that. Yeah, but uh, right, no, right. That's another thing because once you say, once you tell them, then they got to work backwards, and then that becomes very complicated to go back into the before the common era thing. But anyway, but uh, the point is that nobody knew. You know that the answers were, you know, from, I don't know, the year 500 of the Common Era, 515, of the, 580 of the Common Era. I don't know, all sorts of things. Where did that go? Nobody knew that the Second Temple was destroyed in the 69, 70. At least, you could be off by a year, you know, like a Gematria 69 or 70, something like that. To know, so this is important, to be knowledgeable people, to be knowledgeable Jews. So taking off time from the regular yeshiva schedule is not a time for... Um, you know, it's not because you need a vacation day or a relaxing day. It's a tremendous thing to gain knowledge, to be educated. Like Sy Sims always said, an educated consumer is our best customer. I don't know if he, you know, if, that, when I was growing up, that was, that, was the, uh, that was the advertisement. An educated consumer is our best customer. And he's 100% correct. An educated Jew is the best Jew just to know and to understand. And that will give a person the ability to internalize Ramel Bitterman's uh, said in the name, I think it was Rav Gadol Eisner, one of the great tzaddikim. He said, we, "There's a pasuk in Tehillim. Unfortunately, we say it um, in a base avel. Someone is uh, in mourning, so we say a parak of Tehillim, and it ends off. Adam, the last pasuk is Adam nidmu. That a person is like uh, a person who doesn't understand Adam nidmu. That he is compared, he is nimshal." To a uh, person who doesn't have understanding, is comparable to a to a behema, to an animal. So he said, "You can also read it like this: Adam vi If you don't understand the nimshal, then you're like a behema. What does it mean a nimshal? You know, there's a mashal and a nimshal. A mushal is a like a a, a metaphor." Yeah, and the nimshal is what, oh, what do we, right? In other words, there was once a king and there was a servant and that's the mashal. And then from that we learn how we should behave towards somebody else or towards the Baruch Baraflu. There's a mashal and a nimshal. So he says, every holiday has its mashal and its nimshal. So let's say, let's say Shavuos, right? So there's a minhag to eat, um milchiks on and Even though Hanukkah is the real time to eat milchiks. But, uh, the uh, minhat to eat on, uh, on Shavuos. So, there are a lot of now that teaches us a lot about the giving of the Torah at Har Sinai and what that meant, and celebrating it and appreciating and getting the mitzvahs on Har Sinai and all of a sudden having to kasher your tail and to realize the Torah and it affects every aspect of our life and we're so happy about it. So yeah, but you and I all know people for whom the uh, like they advertise in the stores around Shu'a's time that um, that it's a uh, Chagigah chalavit, you know, it's the festival, it's the festival of milk, you know. And the, the Torah and the learning and the Kabbalah Satorah and the Shmirah Smitzvos don't come along with it. But they got the Mashal, they got the, but they didn't get the Nimshal. They got the, they got the milchits, but they didn't get what it was supposed to lead you to. On Purim they dress up, but they don't know what it's supposed to mean, right? So every holiday has its Mashal and its Nimshal. So if you get the Mashal but you don't get the Nimshal, Nidmu, then you're like you're stupid like an animal. You don't get what it's supposed to teach you. You're just taking the outer trappings of the Chag. The outer trappings of whatever of, of whatever we're celebrating, and so you know, a lot of people. I like. I personally do the sufganiyah thing very well. I really do. Okay, but the question is, I even internalize it. <laughs> it, it becomes part of me for many, many, many years to come. But uh, but seriously, Rabbi So Bar Hashem, we are. We are not just emotion-oriented Jews, we are people who are here to learn and to study and to, and the more you know, the better off uh, you're going to be. So with that introduction, uh, I'd like to speak about, uh, the f- very famous Rambam. The zuchus of uh, speaking first, B'rish Rosh is that I can say, I can take everyone else's Divrei Torah. So that's uh, <laughs> their problem, not mine. So I'm sure, I'm sure you've already heard a few times, and you will hear today, and you will hear in the future a few times about a very, very well-known phrase that the Rambam uses in Hilchas Chanaka, that he doesn't use anywhere else. And that is that the mitzvah of lighting and Hanukkah candles, this is in Hilchaz Chanaka, Perek Dalid, Halacha, Yudbez. 4.12 in Hilcho's Hanukkah. The first two Prakim are about Purim, about Megillah, and then it switches into Hilcho's Hanukkah. So don't look for Parak Aleph of Hanukkah. Aleph and Bez, Bez, in the Rambam, in Hilcho's uh, Chanukah, Purim and Hanukkah. So first two are about Purim, because Purim comes before Hanukkah. <laughs> Remember that. The Purim, so the Purim comes first, and then Gimel and Dalit talk about Hanukkah. So in Dalit, Yud Bez, the Rambam says, Mitzvah's <laughs> near Hanukkah, Mitzvah Chaviva, He Ad Ma'ot. The mitzvah of Nir is a mitzvah chaviva. It is a very beloved mitzvah, extremely beloved mitzvah. And a person has to be very, very careful in order to popularize, publicize the miracle, and to thank Hashem Baruch for all of the miracles that He has done for us. So this phrase that the Rambam uses—that it's a mitzvah chaviva—he admaod doesn't use about any other mitzvah. So what is it about Hanukkah that makes it mitzvah, chaviva, he admaod? And there are many, many, many different explanations. I'd like to share with you uh, the following explanation, which uh, uh, most of it I was I called from a very beautiful sefer, um, a country on Hanukkah and, and Purim, with uh, from Rav Chanauch Karelstein. Rav Chanauch was uh, in was a uh, Rebbe in. Yeshiva's was HaTorah B'tzion, where our Rosh Yeshiva learned. Our Tzvi yeshiva. He passed away very young. He was a y- y- Rosh Yivanum? No, so well. uh-huh. All right. He was. Uh, I, I I met him. I I also was there once when he when he when he spoke on the Shabbos, and he was. Uh, and you can see from his time, he was just a, a powerhouse of uh, lots of things, of information and of muster and of Yiras and very very amazing. Uh, um, the pieces that he has in his Sefer. So, I'll share with you something that he says, and uh, hopefully it will help us understand our, uh, our, uh, our Hanukkah better, and our life better, and uh, we'll take it from there. Here we go. So, the, the issue is like this. The Rambo says that the Hanukkah is the Mitzvah, Chaviva Hi Ad right? Chaviva. Chaviva Hi Ad Very, very precious dear Mitzvah, and he doesn't use this by any other Mitzvah. Good. Now, everything that the Rambam says, the Rambam doesn't tell you his sources. Yeah, he doesn't tell you his sources. That's a little bit of the criticism. But he doesn't tell you his sources. But on the side, in the Rambam, if you can open up any Rambam. There's lots of commentary on the side. So one of the roles of all that commentary on the side is to try to show you where the Rambam got it from. Right? The Rambam didn't just make it up. He, he got it from everything that the Rambam writes. He got it from somewhere. So on the commentaries on the side, something called Kesef Mishnah, something called Magid Mishnah, sometimes Mishnah Lamelech, So, one of the things that they often do is to try to figure out where did the Rambam get this any particular idea or language from? And they try to source it. Okay, so this is interesting. Where does the Rambam get this idea from? That mitzvah is near Hanukkah. Mitzvah chaviva hi ad Yeah, such a famous Rambam, such an interesting phrase. So, it doesn't come from from nowhere. Where does it come from? So, on the side, we have only one commentary and it's called the Magit Mishnah lived about 500 years ago. And the Magi Mishnah writes... After the Hanukkah. What after the, after the Hanukkah story, correct. <laughs> after, after the destruction of the second base of Mikdash. And, uh, okay. Trust me, you know, uh, you you you, that was only half the story. In any event, Baruch Hashem, uh, educated consumers are our best customers. Magi Mishnah says, uh, the source for this Rabbim is Shem, there, ibid, in the Gemara, he happens to be talking about the Gemara, Maseches, Shabbos. The Gemar Shabbos in the second parak, Malikin. That's where you find the sugyus about Chanukah, and there it says Amar Haragil You can look this up, twenty-three B in Shabbos. Now there, there, are a few things over there about like uh, what we would call like skulas. If you want to have you know wealth, you know do, do this and you'll have wealth. So it, it says if you want to have Banim Talmidei Chachamim. If you want to have children who are Talmidei Chachamin, so it says, Ha-Ragil B'Ner, Havim banim Talmidei Chachamin. Ragil B'Ner, Havim banim Talmidei So now, okay, I got the word Nair. and that you'll have Talmidei chachamim. I got that. What does the word ragil mean? That's that's a, that's a difficult kind of, I mean, the word ragil is a regular word. It means regular. Yeah? So a person who's ragil b'ner, who's regular when it comes to I don't know, it's very, very difficult. So the Mefrashim explained that Raghil Vneir means you do this well. You do this well. You do the mitzvah of Nair very well. You do it well. You invest in it. You treat it. You try to do it correctly. You do it with feeling. You do it. Whatever it is. How Raghil somebody who makes a big deal out of the Nair, So it happens to be a Machlokas. Are we talking about Nair Shabbos and Nair Hanukkah or only Nair Hanukkah? So the Magid Mishnah obviously understood that the Gemara in the twenty three B that says that if you want to have banim tamid chachamim, it says you should haragil bneir somebody who is ragil bneir. He's obviously learning that's talking about neir Chanukah. Somebody who is ragil bneir Chanukah habin le banim tamid He will have children who are banim tamid chachamim. Now just a quick aside. Every time the Gemara says things like that, it's not a foolproof formula. Okay, it just means that it's a it is whatever it means, and we have to figure it out. What does it mean that if you're careful about Chanukah candles, you'll have Children who are Talmudic hachamim, how does that work? What's the connection? So we'll talk about that in a moment. But even if we would understand it, it doesn't mean, just a disclaimer, it doesn't mean that's all you've got to do. There are many, 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 many different factors and circumstances and everything. So it's just, you know, like, but, but it doesn't mean you, you shouldn't do it because you see, I, listen, I tried it and it didn't work. So, or somebody else tried it and it didn't work. So, but it, it means there's, this, there's an essence of truth to this statement. Whether or not it comes out the way you wanted it to or not is not your business. But haragil bener havilay talmed hachamin. Somebody who is careful and puts a lot and invests a lot into their Hanukkah candles will have children, who, sons, literally sons, children, who are talmide hachamin. Okay. Now, what, first of all, what does that mean? And Why should that be? And, and in the context of our discussion... What on earth does the Magid Mishnah mean that this is the source of the Rambam that Ner Hanukkah is Mitzvah Chaviva Hiyan Mod? It's a very precious Mitzvah. Where did the Rambam get the idea that it's a precious Mitzvah? Because it says that if you are Ragil B'ne'er, you'll have Banim Talmide Chachamim. What's, what's, the, what's the connection between the fact that Hanukkah is a great beloved Mitzvah and the fact that you'll have Banim Talmide Chachamim? What's the Kesher? What is the connection over here? So Rav Karelstein. Uh, it makes the following has the following approach. I will uh, I will share with you in, in, what I think uh, in, in in perhaps in my own words. So anything that goes wrong here is my fault and not the uh, and not the author's fault. So here we go. Are you ready? In the next few minutes. So 955. Imir Sashem, bli neder. Yeah, we will try to get down to the heart of the matter of what is going on here in this Rambam and in this Gemara. And how can I get Banim Talmidei Chachabim? And what does it mean, Ragil benair? And, okay, so here we go. So it happens to be that the Gemara of Meseche Shabbos is also fascinating, right? When you, the famous Gemara, where it says, what happened on Hanukkah? My Hanukkah. What mace ha, what happened on Hanukkah? So it says, everything you know, when they, the, the, the Yavanim came and they were defiled everything, and then it says, kishagavra Malchus B'nei Chashmanai, when the Hasmonean kingship, was able to overcome, and they came in, they came in, and they lit, Hanukkah, they, they, they lit the candles in the Beis HaMikdash, and it was a miracle, because there was only one, only a little bit of oil, and it lasted for eight days, and I'm sure you know, you know you know that story. So it's so interesting, that the Gemara calls the Chashmonaim, in this Gemara, Shabbos, uh, Chafalaf HaMidais, it calls them, Malchut, Beis Chashmonaim, the kingship, of the Chashmonaim. Now it's true, that the Chashmonaim, were a kingship, they were a kingdom. They made themselves kings, but it didn't, wasn't. They weren't kings at that time. We were under foreign rule for the entire period of Bayisheini, as you'll find out in the class entitled "The Real History of Hanukkah. We were under foreign rule the entire time. Only after the Hanukkah miracle, and years later—exactly know exactly how many years later—but years later, the Chashmonaim came and established a, king, a kingdom, which the Ramban says was not was not okay, and they, that was the problem because it should go through the Davidic line and not the Kohanic line. But that's not our topic right now. The point is, of all things to call the Chashmonayim, don't call them kings. First of all, it's not to their credit that they became kings. And they weren't kings at the time of Hanukkah. So why does the Gemara call them kings? So if says, you see, to make a long story short, like we had in last week's parasha, the brothers say to Yosef, Hamaloch timloch aleinu imashol timshol banu? And the Ibn Ezra says, do you think that we want to be subjects to you as a king? And do you think that you're going to be able to rule over us even if we don't want? And the Vilna Gaon expands on this idea that the difference between the Hebrew word melech and Mosheel is that a melech is somebody that we want. We want the king. We love the king. biratzon The king, we accept upon ourselves biratzon, But, kila shem hamalucha umoshel bagoyim. But over the goyim, they don't want him. Hashem is just a ruler, he's a Moshe'el. A Melech is, we love this Melech, we want to do anything for him. A moshel is somebody who just rules. So when we say the Hashemanaim were Malchus, that they were a kingship, we're not referring to their political uh, status as kings that they made themselves, says, say them before Hashem, but it could very well be that they carried with them an idea of making Hashem the Melech. At a time when nobody cared to make Hashem the Melech. Nobody realized Hashem was the Melech. It didn't matter to anyone, and they were very happy of the Mis yavnim of all holidays. This is the one where we have Mit yavnim. We didn't have Mit Mitrim, or however grammatical, yeah, or um, Mit Parsim. No offense to any Persians, right? No. <laughs> where we, we have Mit yavnim, we have people who want it to be like the Yabanin. So, it's, and who cares? Hashem is the Melech. What does that mean? But there are a few people who were willing to say that if Hashem is the Melech, we have to do this. And even though it's against all odds, and even though we're never going to be able to do it, and how could we possibly do it, but there's no choice. Like it said, like we say in al sam." You stood up for them at the time when they were in the most difficult situations. Now it doesn't say in a difficult situation. Because it bothered them so much. They were in an Sarah because they knew that without Torah and mitzvot, without this life, without being able to have Hashem as the Melech, there is nothing to life. It's just meaningless. So what are we going to do? Well, we're going to get killed in war. Now, either way we're going to die. Either we're going to die spiritually or we'll go into war and we'll die physically. So at least we have to do our hishtalut otherwise it's crazy what these people did. But they did it because they understood there is no... Other choice. This is what it means to make Hashem the Melech. I understand there's no other choice. Hashem is the Melech. I want Hashem to be the Melech. And I'm willing to sacrifice for it. I'm willing to put myself on the line for it. That is what it means to recognize Hashem as the King. The Hashemunayim had a Malchus. They reflected this idea of making Hashem the King over themselves. And that is why they were successful. Amazing. So, the have to scoot ahead a little here for the time constraints, but the, the, um, so it says haragil bener. Now, ragil, most of the Mepharshim learn, means that you invest a lot in your Hanukkah candles. You know, you do it at the right time, with the right oil, in the right way, with the right kavana, whatever it is. But I think we would all understand that that ragil, from the word raglayim, means that you take it with you. That when you light the Hanukkah candles, you take the message of the hanukkah candles with you all year round it's not just for hanukkah Yeah, they start with the sofganiah a month before they continue a few months after so the take a few months afterwards you know you still work burning off the calories the idea ha rabiul if you take the hanukkah and run with it and go with it and make that part of a person's life this idea that there's no choice. I have to dedicate my life to making sure that Hashem is the Melech upon myself and upon my family and upon all those around me. Again, not in a you know in a, in a crazy, fanatical kind of way. But this is, I live with motivation. I live with determination. I live with meaning. I live with purpose. And this is every day I wake up and I have a mission to be Mamlech HaKadosh Baruch in the world even though everyone around me couldn't care less. But that's what the Hashem Naim did and that's what I want to do. Haragil bener. Somebody who does this, me abanam tamir coming Because, the, again, remember, it's not foolproof. But, if a person, if the parents, if a father, if parents live a life of determination and dedication and on a mission, and this means a lot, and, there's, and this, is, this is what makes us happy, and we want to do it, and this is great, so then it just wears off. If a person, like Rav Karolson quotes a... It's a very famous statement of Ramosha Feinstein. Again, we're not here to judge anyone. Ramoshe Feinstein said that a lot of Jews came in the beginning of the 1900s to America and their children went off. And even though they were most arnefesh, they got a job on Sunday and they had to give up their job the next week because they couldn't work on Shabbos. So you think these people, these people should have had the greatest children. They came, lived through hardships, and... Uh, what what happens over here? They're giving up their they're giving up their lives for Shabbos, and their kids are and their kids are going off to Dareth The kids aren't keeping Shabbos, so Rambam says, yeah, because you know, with all due credit to them, but when they came home every Friday, all Shabbos was was complaining about how difficult it was to be a Jew. So a child who grows up, how difficult it is. So like, it's okay, I don't need it. You know, I'm I, I'm I'm perfectly okay. I'll I'll have I'll have a good time. I don't need the difficulties. So parents who exude difficulties are oh, so difficult, and everything in Avodah Hashem such a sacrifice and such a difficulty. So it's a recipe for transmitting that on to the next generation, and the next generation wouldn't want it. A person who says we live with a mission, we live with purpose, we live with meaning, and you see this with children of. Rabbis who move, again, are foolproof and it's not 100%, so don't, you know, do an empirical scientific test on me, please. But like, rabbis who like move to like far out places, and, and, you know, you know, you could be raising a child in, in the middle of Yerushalayim and the kid could go off the dara, and this rabbi is living in Timbuktu, and his children are all tzedekim. How does that work? Well yeah, of course, if they see that the parents are most Nefesh, they're like the Chashmonaim, their, their parents are the Chashmonaim, so how can the kids not be tomiri Chachamim? yeah so it's it's the determination and the dedication, and we live with a mission, and this is what we want, so then that is the yisod Hachinoch, that is the yisod of Chanukah, of chinuch habanim, that it transfers over to the next generation, so mitzvah chavivahi od this is our chance to show baruchu how we love him so much. That we accept upon ourselves, as you like, I want this, I want it, I want it. And even if you don't want it, you want it. Even if, even if it might be difficult. yeah How is the person supposed to want something if they don't like it so much? So, everybody knows in learning, what do you got to do? Learn more. Keep learning. One day it's going to click. You keep on working at it. If you give up, then you're a loser. If you keep on moving, you keep on working at it, one day you're going to want it, one day it's going to... If people, no, I'm saying this, seriously. People give up all the time because they say, that's not for me, I don't like it so much. Yeah? <laughs> that's, that's not good. This is life. This is life we're talking about. You don't give up on life. You say, there must be something here. I'm going to keep on moving ahead until I get it. Like the Panevich Yerav says that in the bracha of the Harevna, every morning, when we say bracha we go into, we start davening. V'haravna Hashem alokenu, make it sweet, yeah, sweet, sweet for us again, yeah, make it or the first time, make it sweet. V'haravna Hashem alokenu. And then all of a sudden we start bringing our children into the like Like, a, like we're just making birchas Torah. Now we're davening for it to be sweet, and that it should go down to our children. Well of course, if it's not the hare, no it's not going to go down to the children. It's not going to be passed down to the tzatzaim. To those, the project, the, 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 the more hariv the parents have, then the more tzatzaim are going to appreciate the Torah as well. I'll just close with this idea. I don't exactly know what to make of it. Don't you love when rabbis say that? Like, I have this idea. I'm not exactly sure what to make of it, so I'm going to throw it out at you, and you're all going to help me. You know, work on this. It says in Alanisin. It says after the after the after we won. It says the Aka came. Bo vanecha. Now it's not just because that's my bun, Ben. That said that Bo vanecha l'vivir be'seha. So interesting. Where did that word come from, Banecha. Right? It says, La'amcha Yisrael HaSisa for Kankayom La'amcha Banecha. And if you think about it, again, I didn't do a search of every single tefillah, but like, the word referring to us as banin in tefillah hardly, hardly ever happens. We refer to this, HaKadosh Baruch is the Melech, and we're Amo, or we're Avadav. But we don't, we don't find banin. All of a sudden, to your nation Israel, you did the great miracle. And then, Baal And then your, your, where did the Banim come in over here? Why are they all of a sudden called sons? But I did think about the following. Where do we mention, think in your mind, where in our regular tefillah do we mention Banecha? That's right, at Mariv. At Mariv, in the Bracha of Ames Amunah, at the, at, we speak about Kriyas Yamsuf. We say, Hamavir Banav. Ben all of a sudden, three times in a row, HaMavir Bana Ben Gizre Yamsuf. V'ra'u Banal Kivu Shibchu V'adu Yishmau. Umalchuscha Ra'u Vanecha. Three times, within three paragraphs, and I don't find it anywhere else, it's talking about Banim, 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 when it comes to Kriyas Yamsuf. And there it says, Umalchusot Beratson Kiblu Aleyhem. That they accepted upon themselves with 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 Ratson and love, the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now Ma'avir, so, the two times that I found where we refer to Banin is Kriyas Yamsuf, the splitting of the sea, and the Hashmonayim. So, what's the connection that you have after the Yomiyun? Another Yomiyun to figure this one out. But, in, I know, something strikes me that if you were standing at Yamsuf, you know, so we like, the, 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 the Yamsuf, so that was a tremendous miracle. And, and the Jews went in. Well, of course, what else were they going to do? You know, if you look around, they're going to die this way, they're going to die that way, so you may as well try this one. Kind of like the Hashmanah, you know, they're going to die this way, they're going to die that way. Either you're going to kill me spiritually, and drive every single uh, iota of Torah out of my life, or I'm going to run, run into the sea of the, of, the, uh, of, the, of the Greek empire. So what are you going to do? You at least try. And I'm your bana, thank Yisrael Yamsuf. Yeah, a son doesn't give up. A son loves his father so much, and will do things that are not, not imaginable. Just because they know that has have this Kesher and it's never going away. So, Amavir ben so, He took his Banim and then And when we come to Hanukkah it's do or die. What do you, we're going to die. This is life or death. So, a person who lives with this idea that it's, it's, it's do or die. It's life or death. A life of Torah or not a life at all. So, that is the, what it means to be uh, uh, that the Banim came in. The Banim who gave up everything to be able to prove their father correct. So it's so interesting, it says "Um, Umalchuso and Banecha. Usually a Melech has an Am, a Melech has people, and fathers have Banim. But here we find malchus, Malchus and Banim. Malchus and Banim. That is Hanukkah. Have a wonderful, wonderful Chag.